So I get up this morning and I turn on the external viewing screen to check out some historical records. And I'm watching this documentary on Japan from the 60s. And they had this girl who was this princess or whatever. I don't know what, what her real story was. But I'm looking at her and I'm like, man, she looks familiar. So I'm checking this out and she's trying to warn them all. She's in the Japanese Alps. I didn't even know Japan had Alps. So she's warning them of some impending danger happening. And come to find out, I recognize her. She was with James Bond when he was in Japan. The problem is she got killed by a ninja. And here, after she was killed by a ninja, she's a Venusian princess who's come to Earth to warn us about King Ghidorah. And I'm like, holy cow, mind blown evidence of reincarnation. I'm like totally blown away. So I'm knee deep into the historical records here, checking it out. And I don't know, man, because I, I, they threw her out of her plane. They've been trying to kill this same chick like throughout the entire show. They're trying to kill her. Before, when she was with James Bond, they killed her then. And she's still around. So just goes to show you, man, dead's not dead. There's somewhat dead. There's all the way dead, and there's just a little bit dead. Um, welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide. Mike is over at Mile High Shooting right now working. He's doing his thing at the counter, so if you want to give him a call, he's 303-255-9999. Uh, we're getting ready for our last bout, hopefully, of spring snow weather. I'm, I'm so tired of this. It's really jamming up what I'm trying to do. I'm like running out to the range in between all this stuff to uh, get videos in and reviews. I've, I've got a bunch of reviews to get caught up. On top of that, this kind of broken neck muscle and I hit the dentist yesterday and they had to yank a wisdom tooth. So I was out of it all day yesterday. Um, had to do a little bit of cutting on it and threw a stitch or two into it. But it made for a nice afternoon off. So today I'm I'm getting back into it and want to give you guys an everyday sniper update before I head into the weekend. Hopefully get together with Mike pretty soon. He says he's got some new stuff. I actually just got a, a thing. So we, we, we got some updated equipment for over at Mike's. Uh, getting tired of some of this interference and things that are going on. So I solved that problem. And, and that should be worked out real well. I did fix the computer deal here. Yeah, it was the energy saver because it, it wasn't the screenshot. I thought it was a screenshot and I kept looking at it. I'm just not a fan of the way this setup is right now. And I'm going to grab a different computer um, and replace this lap. I'm kind of laptop docking station. And with the cover closed, it acts one way. And uh, guys had sent me stuff for apps, get caffeine, get this, get that. And and yeah, I just I was just getting too busy to look because I'm knee deep into the podcast and then the screen starts shutting off and I'm like no I know I, I I adjusted this but I didn't go into the why the energy saver on battery on power cord plugged in was set so low I have no clue but I had refired up this laptop and and did it into this whole configuration for the podcast so I I just missed that setting no, normally I'm I'm a lot more Mac savvy than that and, and just the endless multitasking doesn't quite help uh, when I'm when I'm knee deep into it. It, it. It's better if I could just focus on one thing rather than the other. Uh, 
want to jump into some things, uh, continuation on the suppressor side. I got hit up with some stuff with, and, and it's, it's kind of getting this direction, talking with Magpul. Uh, I just did the Magpul uh, Pro 700 discussion, and guys had hit me up on Sniper's Hide asking me about Magpul suppressor cover. Uh, we, we've mentioned suppressors quite a bit. We, we've done more than one episode on them. Yeah, precision rifle shooter guys, you have to have a suppressor cover. And so the, the, somebody was asking me like, hey, what about the Magpul? I'm like, I didn't even know Magpul made one. And they're like, what do you mean you don't know Magpul made one? It's right here. And they're showing me a video and everything. So I reached out to Magpul today and it's not ready yet. Um, it's just going to be going into sort of the pilot production pretty soon. So it's not quite out. When I did reach out to them, they said it was a bit more designed as an AR variant than it is a precision rifle one. With ARs and suppressor covers, I mean, when you look at suppressors and suppressor covers, they get hot as hell. And on ARs, especially with guys with 30-round mags and even AR-10s, you'll melt the cover really, really fast. One, usually the barrels are shorter. Two, they get hot as hell. And three, the the heat rating on your precision rifle one is less than the heat rating necessary on a AR cover. Now, there are ones that work for both, and we'll talk about that. Um, One of the ones I I used initially was Gryphon Armament there, uh, Gryphon. Uh, Was it Gryphon Elite, Gryphon Armament? They have a cover and it has the thicker, more of the rubberish uh, heat shield inside. And then the material goes over the top and it's sort of glued into place versus, say, a tab or a Armageddon gear. Those have the sort of hybrid welder mat, the black mat versus the white rubber. And um, they're, the heat ratings are different. If you put a tab or an Armageddon on an AR variant, they won't hold up as well, and a lot of times they'll melt through. You got to go to the rifles only, the HAD or the Gryphon Armament, Griffin Gryphon um, Armaments, heavier ones for AR variants, AR10s. And you'll see me use them. They're a little tighter. You still got to shock accord them down. And the only thing I've noticed with the... um. The Gryphons is the uh, that when you do shock them down, it kind of makes the ends look a little ugly and not as polished. Sometimes you'll see that blue glue. Sometimes the white, it's kind of peeling away. It's not a perfect fit. Where I think Rifles Only's suppressor covers have a, a nicer fit and finish to make it look good. But the material is very similar. I think they get their interior material from the same place. Um, but the, uh, I use both really well. I, you know, that they, the guys take care of me from Griffin, Griffin, Griffin. Um, and they got cool, like naked chick calendars and stuff. So, but on my precision rifle, a lot of them are tab gear. Uh, mile high sells a lot of the tab gear, uh, suppressor covers. Here's the deal with, with these covers. Get the heavier guys for your ARs, AR 10 to AR 15 platforms, Precision rifle, you can go in any direction, but measure your suppressor and then be about a quarter of an inch back from the edge of the can. It has to hang over the back, not hang over the front. 
when you're shooting, the way the recoil works is they slide the covers off forward. So what happens is you'll end up shooting them off. Um, you know, with some of the older, the SAS-1s from Tab, they were really tough to get on tight, tight. And they'd shoot off, you'd shoot the ends of them, you'd flare them all up. But now with the shock cords, with the shock cord around the back, with the fitted, like the Gen 3s, the SAS-3s are the ones I like. I fit them. So you slide them over the back, they go to the front. Then if you need them to cool down, you can slip them back. The shock cord ones generally have to be tight. And so you don't find yourself the ability to slide them on and off as well. So a lot of times I'll have them a little short on the front and the back. So I'll get a little cooling out of it. It's, it's kind of amazing. And I want to talk like the Mirage from barrels and barrel heat. And this goes to a lot of stuff with like proof. Guys would were talking, oh, the proof barrels walk, carbon fibers barrel walk. Well, no, they don't. Mirage with our 25 power and plus scopes coming off the barrels, coming off the suppressors, coming out and around the edges really has a much bigger effect than we give it credit for. So you, you want to find yourself looking at that. I mean, think about an F-class guy or a bench rest guy. An F-class guy is doing a 20-shot string. He's going to put a Mirage band across his entire barrel. They're not running suppressors or brakes or anything that we do in the tactical world. But they still run a Mirage band on their barrel. So think about like those proofs and things with that black carbon fiber radiating heat. And what it does is it, yes, it does hold a certain amount of heat in, but it radiates it throughout the entire barrel. It's pulling the heat from the chamber and it's sending it across the entire length of the barrel. It's not generating from a source and getting hotter as it expands out at the same rate. Yes, it works that way, but there's a, a rate difference. And so what happens is, is now you're taking that same amount of heat and rather than radiating from the chamber on a, at a slower rate, it radiates out quicker, which thins the heat out a little bit, keeps the temps down a little bit, and then, you know, dissipates out. Well, that gets in front of your scope. And so that can cause problems. So you have to really, really look at your rate of fire when it comes to a carbon fiber barrel or an uh, a barrel on a stock versus a chassis that might dissipate some of that. Like I like using the Kadex uh, competition handguard. It doesn't have the slots in it on the top. So the heat has to kind of hit that metal and then goes out the sides more rather than radiate right out of the top. When I tested my 260 proof versus my 308 proof, the 260 was an exposed barrel in a stock. The 308 was in the Ruger RPR with the Seekins handguard. I noticed a big difference in the amount of Mirage coming off the barrel with the handguard blocking versus the unexposed where it doesn't, okay? So you, you can see it if you're paying attention. It's, it's the scopes in the barrels more so. Suppressors work this same way. 
that mirage radiates at the end. We're looking through it with a 25 power scope, magnifying it so much. Now, one of the benefits is, or I guess this isn't a benefit. This is a downside. We're focusing far beyond, and this comes to the camera world, okay? I do the video, I do all that stuff. I can play with depth of field in my camera focus, and I can put something in front of me and focus past it where you won't necessarily see it. Well, your scope's doing the same thing. You're focusing two, three, four hundred yards down the way, and you're missing all that right in front of you doesn't mean it's not affecting the shot if you're going beyond the you know the recommended rate of fire so you're still getting that negative from the barrel suppressor the thing is you're focused past it so it's not as obvious unless your initial kind of doing a hundred yard at a hundred yards you really see it if you're going out further you tend to see it less because you're focused out farther and it takes longer for the physical kind of properties for to show up in the scope, but they may show up sooner in the shots down range, which is what's masked and fooled people into thinking these barrels are walking when they're not. Trust me, they're rigid, they're built right, they're not walking. You know, unless your gunsmith did something wrong. And, and I have to caveat this, you're, you're at like three and a half gen for proof. Okay, Gen 1s and Gen 2s were, were, were still being tweaked at a very high rate and they were still kind of playing with the concept a little bit, playing with resins, playing with wraps, playing with how they did it. Now in the Gen 3s, they kind of have it down to a science really, really well. The three and a halfs just sort of modify the process a little bit. So I have four maybe proof barrels and they're all really really good so don't fall for some of the negative hype out there the other thing with them is the gunsmiths you got to make sure you got a gunsmith who's willing to take the time and set them up right i've talked with the gunsmiths about this you have to set these things up in order to be correct you know you can you can induce movement and understand we're talking so you know Twelve thousandths of an inch, ten thousandths of an inch in in things that we're doing. We we talk, we mentioned this quite a bit with like the fundamentals. You know, twelve thousandths of an inch is gonna is gonna affect you downrange like twenty inches on your MOA base, all that stuff. So you have to really look at how these tiny tiny things can have a big measurable effect downrange. It's important, you know. So when guys are asking about suppressor covers. If you are going the suppressor route, you definitely got to jump into a cover ASAP. Um, you can call Mike. He can set you up, measure your can, give it a thing, and have a custom cover made. If you need one in the meantime, get one a little shorter. I know they have some on the shelves. And it's worth having more than one cover. You can change the color. You can do all kinds of stuff to match different things. If you're moving the suppressor around, you know, I got multicam on this rifle. I got coyote on this one. I got green on that one. You know, you could do all that with the covers and they're not super expensive, but they're worth their weight in gold when it comes to mitigating that mirage and keeping your shots where they need to go. You really got to look at that sustained rate of fire with this stuff. So, you know, I, I really think we should be looking in a lot of ways at mirage bands too to block for our barrels. 
I mean, and, and why do I say that? Because our scopes are getting more powerful magnification-wise. The, the F-Class and Benchrest guys have been doing the, you know, 32s to 55 to 80 power scopes for a long time. So they get a ton of mirage because they're multiplying that by that much. We are now going into the 25 to 45 range for us. Okay, I have the 45 power Schmidt and Bender here. You're magnifying this stuff more and more. So we're starting to see these negatives creep into what we do because we're no longer using a 10 power scope, which was more forgiving. We're using 25 power scopes, which is 15 times less forgiving than a 10. So that's something you, 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 know, you really, really need to consider. If you guys are listening to this Everyday Sniper podcast, if you guys are taken to what we're doing at heart, we're trying to squeeze every ounce of accuracy out while being practical, okay? What's practical for us? You know, do we need bench rest tight tolerances? Do we need bench rest standards for load development? Do we need all these things that take more time to get the accuracy out? Or do we need to focus on the practical side for us? Well, I look at it from a practical standpoint. We need to be practical, okay? We need to look at where our law of diminishing returns are and where can we take up and fix something for a lower cost versus time. So that's something that I'm, I'm really kind of playing with here with you guys. I'm really pushing that point home. I'm trying not to spend so much of your money. I'm, you know, it's not about like, and I'm pretty sure Mike and Adam mentioned this. I, I, I thought I heard Adam say it. We're not saying, well, if you want to do this right, go out and leash yourself a Prometheus powder trickler. You know, do you need a Prometheus to get good accuracy? No. You know, do you need this? Do you need, no, you don't. You can go to a point and like, I think the auto trickler stuff with those Satorius scales or whatever they're called, those are good. Um, Satorius, oh, they're weird names, man. Give me a normal name. I don't want to keep having to try to maul pronunciations. You know, here's an idea. Let's make it simple. The FX, whatever, uh, 1200, what, I don't know. But anyway, the auto trickler stuff. Yeah, I think that's a decent investment. Charge masters, couple charge masters, decent investment. Hook them, uh, the extra tools they have for them up. You're, 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 you're then improving your, your powder drop, you know, but do you have to go and invest in crazy custom made dyes? Not nah. Reddings, man. I like Redding comp dyes. They work good. Full size it, go to town. We're, we're on it, you know, just get consistent and, and, and do it. A lot of these guys with like this semi custom factory ammo stuff, they use Dylan's man. There's a lot of automated stuff out there that, uh, does a very good job. So that's where I'm going. But with suppressor cover is a cheap insurance policy, right? You know, you, you put this on and you got it. You, 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 you're, you're keeping yourself, you're, you're giving yourself that ability to shoot longer, you know, to shoot longer because it's not blurring. You don't have to wait for stuff to cool, but still look at your rate of fires. All right, so that's kind of where I'm going with that because I have gotten, like I said, in the Magpul stuff, I reached out. It's just coming into production, like I said. So um, the other thing that came up um, with the chat, uh, guys are, man, stop whining about the Magpul chassis price. 
you guys are high as a kite. Just because they made a cheap one in the Hunter doesn't mean that this Pro is some cheap version with an expensive price tag. There's thought put into it. There's think it's no different than the old legacy AICS in a lot of ways, other than it has more adjustability than the old. And those things were nine hundred to twelve hundred dollars. If you go buy an AICS chassis right now, it's like an AX chassis is like twelve hundred bucks. You know, a Kadex twenty five hundred. Uh, the Remington, the rack that's on the M forty A six is thirty six hundred dollars. I get it because it's a military thing. The Marine Corps is using it is why it's an extra, you know, thousand bucks over the Kadex. But a, the, the retail price and, and Magpul's always lowers their like retail says a thousand. You're probably going to buy it for 800 bucks everywhere. It's the way the market goes and the way they do it. It's worth it. It does more than that friggin three, four five hundred dollar chassis you're all talking about is going to do. It's doing a lot more. Yeah, I get it. There's nothing wrong with MDTs. There's nothing wrong with this, but they're they're sort of that mass-produced, cummed out, lowest, you know, handguards are short. They're getting better. They're getting more. You know, you can mix and match. XLR, I don't know their retails on stuff, but you can play with XLR stuff. KRG. Yeah, they have lower-end ones and they have higher-end ones, you know? But what you're paying for is the adjustability. We've mentioned this many, many times. Adjustability is why we spend the money. How do you fit the rifle to the shooter if you can't adjust it? Hmm? Duct tape and foam. Okay, yeah, you can go on the cheap, but why? If you're going to upgrade something to a chassis, why not upgrade it to the best chassis you can get with the most adjustability you can find? Right? Because... You want that hand position. You want that stock position. You want all those things this Magpul's doing. And maybe one of the other ones isn't. You know, in order to do that in a, in a fiberglass stock or in a carbon fiber stock like a Manners or a Macmillan, you got to custom spec it. You got to wait how long. And it's going to cost just as much money. Then you got to bet it. You're going to do want to do all this stuff with it. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a Manners and McMillan, but that's one part of the puzzle. That's one way of attacking the problem. That way is a little more time intensive, takes a little bit more on your part to measure and, and, and to you know, translate that information to the manufacturer. Then they got to build it one off to your spec, get it shipped out, installed, yada, yada. That's why guys do chassis. Because it's plug and play. Thousand bucks is not too much money. Man, that's just nuts that I see so many people. Like 99% of the posts are, this is too much money. It's like, you're crazy. Number one, you don't know what you're talking about. Number two, you don't understand what went into it. Number three, you're not getting the concept of adjustability. That costs money to make sure when part A is moving against part B, it doesn't do it when you don't want it to, that it locks up tight. You know, there's all these things that go into that to make sure it works. And so that's what we're looking at. You know, um, that's the, the, the thing that you're paying for. Not to mention the R&D that goes into it, the, the productions and all that stuff. I mean, 
They did a plastic chassis, the Hunter. They sold it at a low price. Yes, two different products completely. You know, it, it, it would be like saying your, your, uh, your, your little $1,200 budget car is the same as a Mercedes because they both have four wheels and drive. You know, oh, I got a, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's a, like a, a Chevy something. I don't know. A Cavalier, a Chevette. What I, I have no clue what the heck, um, you know, if versus a Mercedes or a BMW. There's no way you put those two in the same category just because they're both cars. One's five times more expensive than the other for a reason. You know, safety feature, technology, whatever the case may be. But, you know, why don't we apply that same thinking to this other stuff? You can go into Best Buy and look at a TV and say the specs on this TV is shit. That's why this Vizio is $299. The specs on this TV is much better that's why it's $25.99. You know, $299, $25.99. They're both TVs. Well, gee, why is it so expensive? It's silly. So, <laughs> hey, today's a Friday. You know what that means? Ancient aliens are on all day. So I can chill out. I got to do I gotta do a rinse for my, my, my wisdom tooth out. And uh, so today will probably be a, a mellow day. The weather's getting ready to turn bad, man. It's it's getting ready to nightmare on us a bit. But I'm gonna chill, watch watch some more stuff on the view screen, and and, and check it out a, a, a little bit later. But um, I gotta. Uh, what else is there? Did I want to? Oh, I wanted to. No, hang on. Okay, I got my phone now. I'm back. I wanted to read some of the comments. I wanted to go through some of the comments and everything. Oh, speaking of comments. Uh, we we I, we finally found the review thing on iTunes. We hadn't looked at iTunes since we know they went up and everything. And I did notice iTunes actually advertising us alongside other precision rifle type podcasts out there. And thank you guys for the reviews on iTunes. I mean, you guys have been super generous. If you have the ability to post a review on iTunes, please do. If you have the ability to post a review on the Podbean app, please do. Keep the comments coming. Keep the uh, stuff on Facebook coming. I'm, like I said, I'm not big on the Facebook thing. I'd rather you come to Sniper's Hide and hit me up in the everyday sniper section of Sniper's Hide. Um, the Podbean stuff I can look at a little bit easier. So if you guys want to do the Podbean, um, coming up on that, uh, somebody had said about going on here, going to uh, MeWe. Go to Sniper's Hide, dude. Fuck MeWe. It, it, it's it's going to turn out being the same da- damn thing. With all these people going after the gun owners on a corporate level, why are you going after somebody who's going to have an overlord? It's it's going to change. So, um, but the Podbean stuff we appreciate. Come over to Sniper's Hide. Uh, yes, on Casey with the three hundred eight. The competition that's Casey Schrader competition dynamics. Um, yeah, the three hundred eight man. You definitely get some chaining value out of a three hundred eight if you're not a comp guy, but you want to learn precision rifle. If you're not going to compete, maybe other than locally, and you want to get something out of it. There's nothing wrong with the 308s. You you can do so much now with the new bullets, the 185s. You can get them up to good speeds, like that 2000 MR, things like that. You can make a 308 competitive, not great, but competitive. But on a training side, you'll take your training to another level if you stick with something like a 308 and then switch over to a 656 millimeter after. 
So Casey, definitely on the Podbean app. Thank you for that. Um, Scott, Scott Russell there or whatever it is, is something hustle. Scott, somebody, <laughs> a squirrel daddy is a decapping pin. Okay. I had no clue what a squirrel daddy was. Um, he said, because Mike and I were like, squirrel daddy, what the frig is a squirrel daddy? That's like a combine. What the fuck is a combine? Um, <laughs> it's a decapping pins. So thank you for clarifying that. Uh, uh, this other major 2909, uh, he's using the DRS data dope cards, the uh, e-dope card. I got the e-dope cards coming too. I'll do a quick thing on them for the Everyday Sniper. I got two e-dope cards coming. They're 130 bucks. They connect to your Kestrel. They give you a bigger screen and really are all they are is a really light, I mean, it's they're actually in a way lighter than a damn white, those little mini whiteboard that guys are putting on their rifle. They're super light. Um, but they're they're a display for your kestrels and stuff, and that's downrange systems. Again, I had screwed that Navisti up. I had talked to them and saw it through them and saw it through Kestrel, so I thought the same people were doing it. I didn't realize Ronnie White was doing it, and it was DRS. That was my bad. Um, I get too much stuff in my head, and one new thing comes in and something else falls out. I'm more worried about Venu- Venuvian princesses and what Godzilla's doing in Japan. I mean. Why do you think that reactor broke? That was a bunch of bullshit that it, it meltdown. Godzilla did it. Um, then I got a bunch of people telling me how to fix my Mac. Yeah, I went and looked. I, the problem is, part of it is with the damn thing on the ground. And that's not on the ground, but below me. And using it as a dock. I don't open up the, sh- the shell anymore. And it, it just rah, drove me nuts. But I got it worked out. Thank you for that. Um... And then we got uh, P. Burtman. He's cool. Power settings, power settings. Guys, the Seekins. Juan talking Seekins. Yeah, Seekins are definitely money well spent. Uh, we, we already talked with R8 Prime with the suppressors. Yes, ditch Facebook. Um, we're, we're definitely ditching Facebook. And then there's some other guys. We're seeing what an update with the Kestrel. See, when we're talking the downrange systems in Kestrel. Kestrel made Coriolis permanent now so you can't turn it off I used to recommend everybody turn in Coriolis and spin drift off for new shooters especially now it's a permanent part of it I don't get it but their numbers are wrong man I don't care what they say I don't care how they want to spin it it's, <laughs> I don't see it man it's just not happening the way they say I'm telling you when, when they use these flat rates because their software is just not strong enough to crunch the numbers correctly they're using flat rate data that is one third, actually more than that, two thirds more than it should be. If you if you only use one third of the number they give you, I guarantee your results will be much more accurate than the than the full two three thirds of the values they're giving. That they're these numbers are wrong. Um, you know, real world tells me they're wrong. I've watched these guys in ELR situations and in. I've been to the world record event. I watched them crunch their number, put the data in, and miss by two plates. Okay, this is a 36-inch plate. I've watched guys first round hit, first round hit, first round hit. Then I've watched guys crunch these numbers off of this stuff and be two-thirds of a plate off. So if you're two, if you're, you know, 72 inches off of a first round hit. And you're tweaking and playing and doing all this stuff to get... Come on. It's not right. I, I, you know, I don't know what to tell you. 
if you dope it, it's in there. If you dope it and then add to it, you're doubling it. So use a third of it. And then when the stupid computers add this stuff back or don't use it at all, when the computers add it back, I think it's a way they're playing with because they know their data is a bit flawed because they're using the the least accurate variant of point mass. Okay, you got three DOF, four DOF, six DOF. Okay, they're using the least accurate version of them all. And they're putting this stuff in to make up for the shortcomings of the software. And they kind of have an idea of where they could put something in that hopefully doesn't hurt you, but is potentially going to help you. But it depends on you a lot of the ways because how you press the trigger matters. Shooters are the biggest variable when it comes to software and all this stuff. We put in so much to this shot that software just can't figure it out. There is no AI in there that says Frank pulls the trigger like this. So let's take his variant plus our error factor and put them together and make it work. It's just your variant and your error factor in two separate situations working independently and they don't always line up. I mean, the fact that this stuff works 50% of the time, it's kind of like weatherman stuff. You know, we keep going back to the weatherman even though he's wrong half the time. And I really think that's kind of where we are with some of this um, real world versus theory. And, it, 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 you know, remember, this stuff goes back to artillery, goes back to stuff that had nothing to do with shooting a rifle, goes back to bullets that had no resemblance of a modern bullet, modern powder, modern barrel, modern scope. You know, there was so if we look at our scopes nowadays and we look at our different things. There's so many error factors. We're truing, we're doing all this stuff. They tell you straight up, they're caveating. You got to true, you got to scope calibrate, you got to do this, you got to do that. So they're telling you there's all these errors that we see today. You mean to tell me that stuff didn't exist 50, 60, 100 years ago when these numbers were coming out? That these guys weren't shoot throwing manufacturing imperfections in these numbers? Come on. You know, somebody was saying, you know, I saw a joke and stuff about musket balls and things. Why don't we just rifle the musket ball or dimple it if you're going to do musket balls? Make it a golf ball, dimple it, fire it, smooth bore, call it good, and just shoot golf balls. You know, I, I don't really know what to tell you. Guys guys want to read the book and take it for gospel, even though, you know, there's there's 100 years of history on where all these errors are for, for every positive thing they're saying that they have this nailed down there's a hundred years of verified errors and we're going to throw all that away because we want to repeat the 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 technical side of it in the formula rather than correcting that mistake you know it's like well we're going to use the exact same formula but let's talk about this you know from you're going to use the same exact stuff mccoy gave us on his deathbed in this guy was dying. This guy was trying to put stuff in writing before he passed away because it was going to be lost if he didn't. There was translation errors because other people were writing stuff for him. And so we have, you know, from 50, what, 53, I think it was, that this stuff was written. So we're, we're trying to say that what they wrote in 1953, those formulas are better than the, you know, 75 years of errors that we've recorded through manufacturing, through shooting, through changes in processing, whatever have you. But we're, we're good with that number. So kind of kind of disappointed they've made that 
Coriolis permanent and I can't turn it off. Same thing, you know, with the spin drift stuff. I want to turn it off, man. I don't use it. If you look right now, it's all off. So, all right, there's my there's my uh, mini rant on that deal that I'm I'm turning that crap off. Um, but check your dopes, true your stuff, get real world data, and make your system match the real world. You can't make the real world match a theory. You have to make the theory match the real world. Cool, man. So, um. I don't know where else today's I'm 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 still spent man my my jaws sore uh like I said they got had to tear it up the that wisdom tooth was a tick bigger than I thought it was or they thought it was he thought he was like ah oh, pull it right out 2 seconds no drama man and he's like ooh wait a minute uh, uh. it actually hurt more wrenching to the side on my um on on my on my mouth than it was actually the cutting and pulling part of it he he did a good job on the on the Nova my eyeball was numb my my right eye was numb because it was an upper tooth and everything and with all the novocaine and stuff my freaking eye was numb i was like what the hell i could feel it in my eyeball since when do you feel shit in your eyes crazy so <laughs> all right guys i'm gonna jump off for the weekend i'm gonna i'm gonna get caught up with some of this stuff hey um companies well june 2nd we're coming up sniper's high team challenge discount codes I'm getting really good feedback from companies on the discount codes. The only one bitching about discount, and, and some people actually have had said some stuff about that, that um, they like the idea of bullets, barrels, powders, and expendables being discounted, you know? And that's the point, man, is take our expendables and discount them. Take some of those things that we're using that might be big dollar items and discount them. Uh, Nikon, Nikon reached out to me. They're going to do 45% discount. So the jackass that was out there saying, oh yeah, like I want to get out of bed and go to a competition for 5%. Dude, fuck you. 45%. How about that? You know, I'm, I'm so tired of you having to be so contrarian and so like, you know, Frank's trying to wreck your deal. I'm only trying to wreck the abuse, Right. I'm trying to make it where it's better for everybody, better from a company standpoint, better from a series standpoint, better from a shooter standpoint. You know, I'm not trying to ruin it for you. I'm trying to make it sustainable. I'm trying to make it so it'll it'll have longevity and so it could be built on and expand on. There is nothing wrong with people getting a 45% discount. Nothing. Okay? That's huge thank you so that's just kind of the thing people are stepping up and doing we're getting a lot more inquiries on commercial sales account uh banner ads and stuff for snipers hide yes we are doing banners uh the 300 by 250 is a bit full but we are doing the banners we are doing we we got a big reach i, I don't know i'm in the guys will guys will say oh you know we're still over five million i'd have to look i don't pay attention i'm probably pretty bad at it i gotta set something up to look at my analytics a little bit more i'm probably bad at gauging my analytics because i never ever look but i know the numbers are growing i'm i'm at a right angle again and so i've got a lot more people reaching out and inquiring um we work on your budget so if all you can afford is 250 a month I can work within that. Yeah, you don't get the views as a guy who pays twenty five hundred a month, but you get something. You can't advertise in these other places. They're shutting you off left and right. 
you know, there's all these uh, these guys trying to tweak our nose. So we're not on Sniper's Hide. I'm doing the advertising for you. I'm putting it out there. I'm I'm spreading it socially. I'm spreading it through the podcast. I'm talking about this, guys. Um, you know, like today I, I, or this week we signed up Kelby. You know, we, we talked with some of these other, um, you know, we got Cutting Edge. We got Warner Tool. We got Mile High, all these, you know, different companies. Vectronics signed up because they're talking with the Terrapin X. They're going to be at the cup. So Vectronics will be there highlighting the new Terrapin X, right? So we got all these guys that are coming up and, and talking about this and bringing it over to Sniper's Hide. Magpul, new products, new this, new that. So if you're interested in you're a company who wants to go around some of the blocks that we're getting put in our way, these roadblocks, we can do it again, man. We're, we're, we're back up and running. We're independent. Um, we, we don't have to play the games and we don't have to try to dance around this stuff. And as far as like the the Facebook and everything, I can promote over there. They don't shut me down. If I want to promote Snipers Hide the website, they don't usually bitch too much. Every now and then I'll get one that'll say no, but depends who the examiner is. Sometimes they just, you know, yes, you're okay, go. And sometimes they're like, no, we don't like this. It's it's 50-50 now where it used to be 90-10, but that's still better than nothing. We're still getting them over that way. We're still posting this stuff and, and bringing people to the table. So if you got a product or something that you want us to talk about, if you want us to, right now I'm, 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 because of the medical stuff, my neck, and and you know just every day, just every day this week I was at the either the VA, the therapist, or the dentist, which is annoying the shit out of me. Um, the uh, you know I'm I'm I want to get caught up, uh, and it's it's just you know because of the neck thing, they're trying to limit how much I'm doing movement wise because it's 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 that um what is it uh i don't know it's the scapular lavar i don't know what the hell it's called i gotta look it up um like i said if i if i take too much information in i lose too much information out i don't want to be the space case (laughs) on every level but um yeah so you guys if you're interested give me a call get a hold of me lowlight at snipershide.com you can email me l-o-w-l-i-g-h-t and um we, we can get you set up. One of the things I do have, I'm looking at, I got to wait. I see it more in an ELR is this um, Accuracy Extended Bipod just came in. Um, the Accuracy Extended Bipod is that uh, it's it puts the bipod and it's that rod that extends out. And we talked about bipod and accuracy stuff where the farther out towards the muzzle you get, the little bit more accuracy they're looking at this in a couple ways. I'm, I'm, I have a pouch for it and a thing. It was funny. An Armageddon gear pouch came in. I'm like, where the heck did this come from? I wrote, I called Tom up. I'm like, Tom, why'd you send me this pouch? He's like, I didn't send you nothing. I'm like, I got a pouch. I don't know what it's for. It's got a weird design, and it's for this Acura extended bipod extension. And kind of the idea is for the military and law enforcement guys, and especially like law enforcement who might be in a hider or military recce teams and stuff. It's when you have to set the rifle up in an area that you're watching. You can put it on this bipod, which will extend the bipod out beyond the muzzle and give you that little bit extra stability. You're stable in the back. You're stable out far in the front, and you're you're bridging it in between instead of in the middle or on the ends instead of in the middle, I guess is what I should say. So rear bag on the stock, 
bipod extended out past the muzzle on the front, you you, you support it a little bit better. Um, I'm looking at this for an ELR standpoint for guys because they, they compromise marksmanship so much in some of these ELR rigs. It might be a kind of cheap solution to put these bigger bipods out. And so um, that's that way you can then have a little bit better platform on some of these big rifles. I don't know. Like I, I can't see somebody using it in a PRS or local match event. I can see you if you had to shoot groups, if you had to do different things, um, you know, it just becomes part of the bipod. I don't know what any of the rules would be for like F-Class because you could put it an F-Class bipod on it. I don't know what the rule would be. And so, um, you know, there, there is a context where I can see this extension working. It's another thing to carry. Um, let me see if it has a weight on the box just off the top. Um, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a fiberglass nylon, blah, 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 hard anodized. Does it say how much it weighs? No, the, uh, the box doesn't really say, let's see. Nope. So they're saying a 32nd of movement at 1,000 yards equals a 4-foot miss. And a 32nd of movement with their unit will have uh, under 22-inch. So they're minimizing the movement in your system, which we talked about this. There's a lot of merit. So they're saying that this little tiny bit of movement will have a far-reaching um you know deviation in your shot because of the angle and and we've talked and i just finished talking about that and so um that's what we're looking at does this say tech line made in the usa specifically engineered no um no i don't see a weight on here guys but it, it's not super light but it's something to consider if you're kind of one of those guys i mean even in load development you probably can get your accuracy down on a load development way and play with it like that I can't see that hurting you. I can only see it helping and maybe making it a tool much like a magneto speed might be. You know, a chronograph where it's kind of this this tool you're not using every day, but you're using in certain situations. So it might be worth looking at this accuracy extended bipod in that way. Um, I It was at Felix Canyon with us. Th- that version had a bit of bounce in it, and I brought that up to him at SHOT Show. This is like the Gen 2 or Gen 3. I don't know what version they're up to, but this one, they took out that bounce. They did notice some of that flexing in the in the, in the the tube there, and they took it out, and they stiffened it. So um, when I play with this one, I'll let you guys know. It's one of the reviews that, that I'm going to be doing. All right. Well, th- this has put enough on my jaw. I got to do a saltwater rinse. Everyday uh, Ancient Aliens tonight, guys. Check it out, man. And if you notice, they're, they're talking about it so much more. And who listens to this? New York Post now putting stuff that Hitler was in Argentina. Who brought it up first? Me. Alien stuff being out there? Who brought it up first? Me. Satchwatch stuff? Me. I'm the guy. They're all listening to me and following me. Here's a, here's a cool little story. So last year, I'm watching NASCAR races and stuff. And NBC had two openings for their like commercials and their stuff. When, when it goes from Fox to NBC for the NASCAR coverage, both of their uh, templates were the same exact ones I used on Sniper's Hide. So whoever was listening at NBC went and grabbed the same templates as me from Motion uh, VFX and used the same exact templates as I did. 
right? Same thing. That's why the alien stuff's going to be public pretty soon. You know, when the girl comes down from Venus and she's talking to the Japanese about it and you got the reactor issues and all the stuff going on. I mean, hell, they just found Skull Island. So big time. I mean, you you know, it's going to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to go check some more of these historical records out, throw them on the view screen and, and we'll go to town. All right, guys, thank you for listening to the Everyday Sniper. Get a hold of Mike over at Mile High at 303-255-9999, me over at snipershide.com or lowlight at snipershide.com, and you can get a hold of me. I appreciate you listening. Please review us on iTunes, Podbean app, and that other stuff. It helps. It kind of separates us from the other guys. There, there's different ones cropping up uh, in the last like week. I think two new ones cropped up. So people are hearing this and seeing the popularity and you're starting to see some new ones crop up. So your reviews do help. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for reviewing. Ciao.